Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, I don't really care about that Christian kind of stuff, baby, because I'm going to hell. And I'm going to be here with all my friends. Really, would you, would you serve somebody that's out to steal, kill, and destroy you? What are you, crazy? It's deception. Paul writes to the church, and he says, I don't want you to be unaware of some things. You're clueless. So don't be clueless. I want to say to you this morning kindly, most of the church is clueless of how Satan operates. Pastor Mark will clearly state today that sinful actions are of the devil. It began at the beginning of time in Genesis and continues today. Those who are not yet Christ followers live under the influence of the evil one and are seduced by him. But Jesus came to take away our sins and to destroy the devil's work. God came in the flesh to undo the work of Satan. Christ did not come only to stop Satan from killing, stealing, and destroying, but also to adopt us into a new family to redeem us from being the devil's children, to redeem us for himself. Our adoption was a rescue mission. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 6 for our continuing study entitled How to Keep Following Jesus on the Road of Life. Well, look at verse 6, John continues. Now, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. And no one who continues to sin has either seen him, here's the key words, or known him. Verse 7, dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. John says, don't, don't, don't be deceived. And there should be no confusion in this. Now, what, what is he talking about there? And then I'll explain how it applies to us today. He was talking to people in the church, churches that he was ministering to, that said this. We know God. We're changed. But spiritually, it, it, it's a glorious thing, but it has nothing to do with our bodies. We can sin all we want in the body. This old body's evil. Whatever we do, God doesn't care anything about. It's our heart that matters. John says, whoa, 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 no. No, that, that's a lie. That's totally wrong. And so he says, don't, don't be deceived by this. It should be very clear to you. And he's, he basically says this. Before you became a Christian, you practiced sin. You lived in sin. But when you were born again, no, 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 no. You, you don't practice sin anymore. You, it's not a lifestyle anymore. So I want you to write this down. This is huge for us today. What John is saying is this. No, no Christ follower lives a life, and here's the key word, of habitual sin. 
There's a difference between committing a sin, which we all do, and continuing to sin, or basically just making it habitual practice. You see, once I know what I'm supposed to do is right, I'm supposed to do that right. John says if a person continues in a life of sin with no regrets, no change in their life, then no salvation has ever taken place. In fact, they don't, notice what he said, they don't know him. One day in the book of Matthew, the Bible says people came to Jesus. It was at the judgment day, and they said, we're we're ready to go into heaven. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Well, we know you. I never had a relationship with you. You see, if I'm going to know him, I can't live a lifestyle that's very different from the life he made me. So understand, when a person becomes a believer, their sins are forgiven, and then they begin to change by the power of God. The old Mark Balmer was dead. The new person is becoming like Christ. So when we sin, the Holy Spirit comes to convict us, and we confess it, and we ask for God's forgiveness. But no real Christ follower is comfortable continually, habitually sinning. Now, understand, we have already been through this. There's no sinless people. I'd like to say this morning, none of us sin. We do. But we're learning to sin less. So why does John write this? He writes it for some of you that claim you know him. You're abiding in him. You have a personal relationship with him. But your life hasn't changed. You just show up to church whenever. You never read the Bible. You're living a lifestyle of sin in many different areas, but it really doesn't bother you. And I want to challenge you in love this morning, just as John does, then that that, you could not have God in you because that lifestyle is incompatible with the Holy Spirit. You really need to get saved. You really need to change and let God change you to become like him. Now look at verse 7, the last part of it again here. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The word in the original is deceive you. Now, who would try to deceive us? Who would try to lead us astray off the path of following Jesus Christ? Well, the answer is very simple. Look at verse 8. John answers the question. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Once again, we're introduced to Satan, the devil, in spiritual warfare. Would you write this down this morning? Here's a truth you must know. Satan and spiritual warfare are real. This is not a joke. There is a real Satan. John even talks about it. And spiritual warfare real. And the next thing I want you to write is this. Satan has a goal. He has an end point. Now, the moment you became a Christian, a lifelong spiritual war began. And John says, and he teaches about the reality, not just of a Satan, but of a personal devil. Now, when you read scripture... Devil, Satan, there's lots of names. Let me just give you some. Adversary, the devil, accuser, destroyer, prince of this world, dragon. As you begin to see those names, 
it should remind you of what's happening. Now, how did Satan get here, and why is he here? Well, when God created the universe, he created the universe perfect. The Bible tells us in Genesis that way. It was good. Then Satan, by the way, at that time was known as Lucifer, and he was the, the star of the morning. He was created perfect. He was one of the highest angels of God's creation. He was the worship leader in heaven. How do I know he was created perfect? Ezekiel says this, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. What happened? One day, somehow in the mind of Satan, he had a free will, rebellion entered. And I told you sin is S. See if you can remember. It's just been 10 minutes. S-I-N. Let me read to you a little bit out of Isaiah of what Satan said to God. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high God. The five eyes. Satan, the original sinner, had a will. He chose of his own free will to forfeit the position God had assigned to him. He tried to make himself equal with God to actually rebel totally against God. He became prideful. I, I'll do my thing. He was not satisfied in worshiping God. And we learned a few weeks ago, he himself wants to be worshiped. Now, here's the problem. God then said, you're gone. Get out of here. When that happened, it set up two kingdoms on the world. Kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. Now, when Satan fell, one-third of the angels amazingly chose to go with him. Those are the demons that are active in our world today. Two-thirds are angels with God. So the battle that I'm talking about, you can say, well, why are you talking about the battle? Because you're going to see in a moment, if I don't have God's help, I'm going to lose the battle. Because, see, you're not stronger than Satan. Either am I. So I need help. So when Satan fell, he began to change our world. So much so that Adam and Eve were deceived. Enter sin, it means every single one of us are born with a sin nature. I'm born in the kingdom of Satan. That's why, first key you learned this morning, John says Jesus came to remove our sin. That gets me into the kingdom of God. But the minute I'm there, whoo, it's spiritual battle forever. Well, can I win that? What's it going to look like? And that's kind of what I'm going to allude to this morning. Now, when that took place, watch what happens. Verse 8. He who does what is sinful of the devil because of the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Now, watch the last part. The reason the Son of God, Jesus, appeared. Here's, here's the second big key today, not only to remove our sins, was to destroy the works of of the devil. Write it down. In other words, to rob sin of its power. Write it down. Write it down. Destroy. To render inoperative. To, to rob of power. To do away with. To loosen from the chains of bondage. So in other words, when Satan came 
He had power. He took over the earth. He's the ruler of this earth. And because of that, when man's here, born in his kingdom, we can't get out of the kingdom unless somebody offers us a supernatural solution. That's salvation. Well, now I'm saved. We're not taken right to heaven. So I'm in this world battling, and the minute I left Satan's kingdom for God's kingdom, Satan's angry, and he's after me. That's the spiritual warfare. Is that like this is like weird? No, this is real. If you don't know it, you're in super danger. Now, that second truth that you just wrote, that he came to destroy the works, what are the works of Satan? Well, basically, it's all that the devil is doing. The main work of the devil is to tempt people to sin. That's his main work. Because with sin comes condemnation and bondage, and if we don't take care of the sin, death. Now, think of the aspects of sin. Think about the people you know where sin has entered in and destroyed individuals, friends, family members, marriages, churches, and our nation is in danger of being destroyed because of what? Sin. So the whole purpose of Jesus' death, we've learned two things, really true. Uh, don't know the truth, won't hurt me? Oh, no, 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 no. What you know will help you significantly. The whole purpose of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was to remove my sin and undo the works of the devil. Now, take your finger and go over to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. Because there's something we have to see when we go there, is I need to know something else. I know that Jesus can undo the power of Satan, his works, but how does Satan work? What are his schemes? What's his plan? We already know his plan is what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. Now see, think about that. You hear people say this. Well, I don't really care about that Christian kind of stuff, baby, because I'm going to hell. And I'm going to be here with all my friends. Really, w- w- would, you, would you serve somebody that's out to steal, kill, and destroy you? What are you, crazy? It's deception. Paul writes to the church, and he says, I don't want you to be unaware of some things. You're clueless. So don't be clueless. I want to say to you this morning kindly, most of the church is clueless of how Satan operates. So that's why Paul wrote it. So watch what he says. You're right in the right passage. First Corinthians, excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. In order that Satan might not outwit us. The, the New Living Translation says, so that Satan will not outsmart us. So I have to know how he operates. Why? So, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Or may, may I say it like this. If I know how Satan operates, he can't outsmart me. So I want to be familiar with his schemes. If I can know how Satan operates, then I, I will not be outwitted. I, I will not be outsmarted. I can know that truth and it will change my life. Now, understand his main way of operating. His main scheme is to tempt us to sin. Now, just look at me. You have to understand this. Temptation is not a sin. We're all tempted. We're all tempted in a million ways. Jesus was tempted, but he never sinned. We already saw that the first verse we read. He had no sin. 
So being tempted isn't a sin. And next week I'm going to talk about how you can put some fences around you in areas so you don't keep... Well, Pastor Mark, where does the sin come? When I'm tempted, it's not a sin. But if I give in to the temptation, that's the sin. So we'll learn more next week how not to give in. All of us are all tempted all the time in our lives. Now, what are those schemes look like? I want you to write them down. These aren't all of them, obviously, but they give us a little idea how he works. Temptation is his big one. Tempt into sin. And by the way, when he tempts us, he never shows the outcome of it. Just always looks good. That's the deception part that the second. So temptation, deception, lying. John 8 says that the natural language of Satan is to lie. He's the father. He's the father of lies. He cannot tell the truth. Now think about that. He cannot tell the truth. Division. God loves to unite. Satan loves to divide. Unforgiveness, one of the greatest ways he keeps people defeated. With depression, discouragement, anger, bitterness, is unforgiveness. Oh, you don't want to forgive that person? Man, they hurt you. Don't you dare forgive them. Huge. And last, condemnation. We sin. Yeah, but you said, Pastor Mark, that if I sin, and I'm sorry about it, I'm to ask forgiveness and God forgives me. Yeah. Then the Satan comes right and goes, I think you asked that twice this week. God didn't forgive you. He won't forgive you that again. And that is a, from what? From Satan. That's a lie. But we like, we believe it. I feel condemned. I know I shouldn't have, man. I was wrong. No, no. That's from Satan. In fact, Paul has to write in Romans, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. See, you can't be free and live in condemnation. You can't be free and live in unforgiveness. You just can't be. So the more we understand these tactics of Satan, the better equipped we are to ward off those attacks and temptation. And I'm going to talk to you this morning about two areas that we're a little unfamiliar with, one of them very much so. A couple weeks ago, I was at the Calvary Chapel Seniors Pastors Conference out in California. I had about 1,400 guys. And two sessions were headed by Josh McDowell. He's been around for like 40, 50 years. I think he's written 138 books. Evidence demands a verdict, new evidence. And just amazing guy. Works with Campus Crusade, part of that, and all the way. And much on college campuses. He's just brilliant. And so he came and he just unloaded on us. And he just said this, because he's at the college campus level. He says, I see a perfect storm coming in our world. And he gave us, he gave us the two parts of the storm. And I want you to write them down today, and then I'm going to just talk about them a little bit, and then we're going to uh, kind of unpack this. Here, here's what he said. There's a current spiritual storm coming. Number one, it has to do with the Bible and with truth. And number two, it has to do with the Internet. Now, the Bible and truth, he said this. As he's in the campuses, because of evolution and all this garbage that's been coming out, there's a denial of a personal creator God. God didn't happen. There's a big bang. There is no God. And because God never created anybody, then I don't have a creator. So I can do whatever I want because there's no law. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And that's the new logic. The new logic is simply the denial of absolute truth. There is no absolute truth. You know, when somebody says it to you, somebody last night said this, you should say to them, is that really true? 
There, there is no absolute truth. And here's what, here's the new generation. Some of you that are 30 and above, you didn't get this. We just said, if truth is like that, then it's truth. I'll talk to more about that next week. No, the younger generation from our 20s, mid-20s, all the way down to our kids, here's what they say. What's true for me is my truth. What's true for you is your truth. doesn't matter. You can have your truth. I don't have to agree with your truth. In fact, I don't agree with your truth. My truth is my truth. You say, well, that's not a big deal. What? It's a huge deal. There's no absolute truth. What did Jesus say? I'm the way. I'm the truth. The Bible is all true. But they don't believe that. And they don't believe in the Bible. So we got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about next week as we do that. You say, well, is that really like important? It's usually important. How can you teach somebody that says, my truth is my truth. All truth leads to wherever. It's equal. It doesn't matter. Now, second, the internet. He addressed three problems on the internet. Intellectual, moral, and relational. Think with Facebook and all that. Instead of getting with a person, I'm not against Facebook. It's fine. I mean, I don't respond to Facebook, but I put lots of messages on it, stuff like that. I I just can't respond publicly. But when we're talking about relational, how is relational supposed to be? It shouldn't just be on Facebook. You need to, like, touch somebody, have dinner with somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? And now it's kind of informal. So it's huge here. How many marriages have been destroyed by that? Second, intellectual. You're going to see in a moment some interesting statistics about the Internet. You know this. When the Internet came, it was wonderful. It's still wonderful. It's a great way to, to worship God and to learn. But if you, if, you don't, if you have a question, one of the first things you, all of us will say today is this. Well, Google it. Am I right? Just Google it. Now, I had somebody write not long ago, and they said this. Pastor Mark... Uh, I heard you mention, and the Bible mentions hell. But when I Googled hell, I got all these websites that says, that's foolishness, there is no such hell. And there are like millions of them. Who's active? Satan. So, and her question was, I'm confused. No kidding. So the good and the bad, right? Josh McDowell said something that I, I probably will never forget. He said this, no four or five-year-old in the world is looking for pornography. But pornography is looking for our four and five-year-olds. Now, I want to share with you next week something I didn't know either. The sequence, the addiction of pornography, and where it leads to. And you'll be shocked. Because unlike a, a drug addiction... More does not solve pornography. I'll give you a clue. Different solves pornography. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the truth. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Satan will use many schemes to destroy their temptation, deception, lying, division, forgiveness, unforgiveness, and condemnation. Pastor Mark told us that we need to know his schemes so we can win this battle. We all are tempted every day in our lives, but it's not sin until we give in to the temptation. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will deal with a very important topic in the church today. Two of Satan's schemes are deception and temptation. He tempts us in very innocent ways to lure us until we can't escape. Sometimes it's just one click away. You won't want to miss this very important message on the temptation of pornography and the effect it has on families, children, and the church. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for